Pedalville Parks is a team of four city-dwelling, environmentally aware friends. In 2021, COVID allowing, our team was set off on a world's first self-supported bikepacking eco-adventure. We will be cycling across both land on regular bikes and sea using water bikes, covering over 1,000 miles, starting from the Orkney Islands and finishing on the Isles of Scilly. This will take us roughly two weeks and we will be cycling twice the height of Everest. We will pass through many of the UK's stunning national parks along the way. During our journey, we will be interviewing a diverse range of people to understand how human interferences impacting these green spaces and national parks and exploring what that means for everyone's future physical and mental health. So on each episode, we'll have someone very different and someone very interesting to interview. So without further ado, let's dig into the next episode. Welcome to Mind the Green Space, the podcast where we talk about how our mental health and how green spaces around the UK have been benefited by our love of adventure. I'm your host, Alicia Thomas, and I am part of the PR and media team of Pedal for Parks, the project you just heard about. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mind the Green Space. Today I'm joined with Pelf Park's teammate, Lucas Heitzman. Did I say That's right? right. Yes. Right then, yeah. <laughs> so, Lucas, if you want to just introduce yourself, who you are, what you do. Yeah, so uh, my name's Lucas. I'm 20 years old, almost 21. Um, I'm currently studying engineering at from the university. Uh, I'm also one of the members of the Pedal for Parks team. Uh, love adventuring, love the outdoors. Um, I'm super excited for this Pedal for Parks uh, adventure. Awesome, that's great. Um, quick question while we start. Why did you decide to join Pedal for Parks? So I have done quite a few adventures in the past and um, I got a message from Isaac uh asked me whether I, I was interested in a cycle um i didn't really think much about it at the time but then as as i kind of started to get more involved with the team and uh the, like the message behind it kind of came to light it was I, you know such a good cause um and with such an epic bunch of people um so that was like a, a huge motivator to kind of to to join on on this crazy adventure um and it should be should be real good fun and have such like a, a huge impact hopefully um on our green spaces awesome that's so cool you so you know isaac from your atlantic row right that's right yeah so he uh, he did the row at the same time as me uh yeah. in a team of four um and we kind of we met at the bar at the start line and <laughs> and kind of clicked from there on awesome can you talk a little bit about some of the adventures you've done atlantic row cycling from Austria to Croatia, some crazy things you've done. Yeah, so basically the, the first um, the first kind of adventure slash challenge that, that I ever did was uh, in 2015, uh, was when there was an earthquake in Nepal. Um, and as kind of like a, a fundraiser, my school set up a few challenges for like rowing, swimming and stuff like that. Um, and I, I, you know, I was 15 at the time and I thought I'd sign up to do the marathon row which is the longest one available so it's like 42 kilometers uh, on a rowing machine um and quite excited that i, I signed up I, I phoned my dad and told him about it and he kind of was like 
you know, maybe try something a little bit, <laughs> a little bit shorter first. Um, and then out of spite, I signed up to do the two kilometer swim as well, straight after. Um, <laughs> there, yeah, there were supposed to be two separate events. So I thought, you know what? I'll, <laughs> I'll show them. Um, and I somehow managed to pull it off. I'm not too sure how yet, but, um, yeah, I managed to pull it off. And that kind of kickstarted me into the, the whole adventure or challenging myself and what I can learn yeah. from it. Um, and the experience you get, and especially when they have a, a real nice cause behind them, because you know some people are, are well, most people are uh, in much worse off situations uh, than I am, or most people are. Um, and see that that kind of real got the the you know put some fuel on the fire, and then yeah. uh, the second adventure was in when was it 2017 in the summer holidays. Um, so I was doing my GCSEs. I think I just finished my GCSEs. Um, and I got a bit bored over the summer and basically I, I told my mum I'd go on a cycle and I was at my dad's house in Austria. Uh, my mum was in England and basically I, I went for a cycle and um, and I basically went from Austria and kept cycling until I reached Italy and then <laughs> stayed there a night and then kept cycling until I, I went to Slovenia and then eventually arrived in Croatia. Um, <laughs> and my mum wasn't very pleased when she found out that I <laughs> that I went for more more than just a cycle. Um and then basically I then cycled back afterwards as well. And that was for a, a charity called Teenage Cancer Trust. Uh really, really nice charity as well. Um and then I did the London Marathon in 2018 for uh Toy Box. Again, awesome charity. They're really, really they do some really cool stuff. Yeah. Um and then in 2018 was the kind of grand finale for <laughs> at the moment at least um it was the atlantic row in uh, across well across the atlantic um and that was like a, a solo uh, solo challenge um and it was it was very last minute to be honest uh, the campaign normally takes you know two to four years um and i had just about five months after my a levels <laughs> until the start <laughs> uh, so it was i was actually very devastated because i really wanted to do it for a charity but we I mean, we didn't even have the money for, for ourselves uh, to, to, to buy the boat and the, the equipment. Um, so, yeah, it was very last minute, but it was like a huge, huge learning curve for myself in terms of campaign management and, you know, the the real adventure world, not just yeah. the smaller challenges. Um, so now it's I, kind of, it's I quite enjoy being part of the Pedal for Parks team and now I can kind of put stuff that I've learned from my... Uh, from Atlantic Road to, to action and hopefully we can raise a lot of money for charity or at least raise awareness for a really good cause so yeah I'm looking forward to it that's awesome at least now you're part of a team so you won't be you know cycling the length of UK on your own like you were in the Atlantic <laughs> exactly, <yeah. laughs> you've got a bit you've got people to talk to rather than got, birds <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> got, got some support yeah <laughs> yeah um that's crazy all the things you've done and you're only now 20 years old did you study for your a-levels and your gcses where did you find the time <laughs> yeah so that, that was actually basically the, the main deal was uh when i found my mum um i kind of you know the idea came to me about this atlantic row um and i, I found my mum and she kind of just i guess she hung up on me pretty much <laughs> she was like, well, <laughs> you know let's let's give him a few seconds to rethink what he said um but then yeah then she, she phoned back and was kind of like well you know what like let's let's do it let's make it work um on one condition that you you 
finish your A-levels first and then we'll, <laughs> we'll work on this together. Um, so obviously, like the last few months before my A-levels, I was just thinking about this bloody road <laughs> trying to study yeah. my exams. Um, but yeah, that it, was, it wasn't easy. And, um, you know, as, as I said, the, the, the past, the other challenges before that were kind of very small in comparison to this road. Um, yeah. And I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, to be honest. And I, <laughs> I still don't know how I managed to get to the start line uh, or the finish line. But um, yeah, it was you kind of, you don't really know until you try, do you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <with everything. laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> so, you know, you can't really train to, to row across the ocean by, by rowing across the ocean. Um, so that, that was kind of like jumping straight into the deep end and, and figuring, out, figuring it out as you go. Um, quite literally yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) that's insane oh my god I'm your age and I've got nothing memorable that I can think of that I've done so (laughs) good on you thank you um out of all the things you've done there what would you say the most surreal experience you've had whilst doing a challenge has been so um so I'd say a real, real, in terms of like quite relevant to the, the uh, pedal for park thing. So in terms of like green space and nature, the, the most gorgeous place ever was uh, cycling back from Croatia. So just as I came um, across the Croatian border into Slovenia, um, yeah. there were some, honestly, it, it was kind of like Avatar almost, obviously minus the floating mountains, but um, it was like just the most gorgeous mountains everywhere and it was so surreal and um yeah that that was that was epic but then apart from that i'd say during the row um was swimming with dolphins so yeah someone yeah someone someone mentioned to me before i set off that um usually you'll hear the dolphins before you actually see them um and i kind of thought like that's a bit you know what (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) i didn't quite understand what you meant at the time but um but then as I was rowing, it was it was Christmas morning actually, and um well I think that the twenty fifth, uh yeah, twenty fifth in the in the morning, twenty-fifth of December. Um and I heard some squeaking. Now usually you there's all sorts of noise in the background and stuff like that, and you get quite like used to it. Um yeah. and the second something starts making a different noise, you're like, Oh for God's sake, like what's broken now? What's <laughs> what's hanging yeah. off the edge of the boat? Um and I heard the squeaking and I kinda thought, Oh, I'll check out, <laughs> check it out and see what's see what's going on. Um, and I opened the cabin door and then just, you know, looking around trying to see what's going on. And I see like a fin just, or just something jump out the side of the water. I was like, oh, you know, what's that? And then again <laughs> on the other side. And then all of a sudden I just, it kind of clicks and I just noticed, honestly, there were 30, 40 dolphins um, just jumping on the front of the boat and swimming in the water. And <laughs> I was a bit nervous, but um, I literally just grabbed the rope and my I always had my harness on. Um, so I grabbed like a slightly longer rope and attached it to myself and just jumped straight in, <laughs> in with the dolphins um, and started, started splashing around with them. It was such a cool experience. But then um, another thing that kind of stuck with me was one of the safety officers for the row had said, um, you know, you're, you're okay to like swim around with, with dolphins and even a whale and stuff like that. But the second they go, make sure you get out as well because they're probably, <laughs> probably followed by a shark or something. And um, I just remember at one point they started to kind of swim a bit deeper underwater. And this, that was then like the second that I remembered this this thing that someone had said. And I was just, it, I haven't panicked that much in my life. 
I got to jump straight out because <laughs> <just scared laughs> a shark will like rip my legs off. Um, yeah, that was that was a really really cool experience, and I, I managed to get another two um, two swims in as well with with dolphins later later on in the trip. So it was really really cool. That's incredible. How many twenty-year-olds can say that on Christmas Day in the middle of the Atlantic they went swimming with dolphins? <laughs> yeah, I know it's so cool, isn't it? Yeah, it was like it was epic. I don't think I yeah. could ever recreate that uh, <laughs> anywhere else. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh my god, that's insane. <laughs> Makes me want to row the Atlantic, but oh, I don't quite fancy rowing the Atlantic because <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's quite hard. You you can't. It's not like there's no. You sleep. You wake up. You row well. You have to like train yourself, don't you? Because you can only sleep for like a certain period of time. So your body has to change. Yeah, yeah. That's like, it was actually a very um, kind of weird, I, you know, it wasn't something that I really expected. But um, I, as a, it was because it was very last minute. I didn't have a lot of time to properly think about what I was about to do. <laughs> um, but then afterwards, kind of thinking back on it, it was, it was actually crazy. So um, in terms of like sleep deprivation itself, uh, or less so the the cycle that you usually do is like two hours rowing and then two yeah. hours where you you eat you fix stuff you hopefully get some sleep as well um and but then kind of halfway so i started off doing that cycle um because it works really well when you've got you know four people and two people are rowing and then two people are resting and you switch over yeah. um but i really really hated the, the nighttime rowing because it was just it was one of those things that the, you know, you can't see the waves coming. You can just hear these huge things, <laughs> huge mountains <laughs> just crashing down, and you're like, you know, where it's like, where, what's going on? Um, and it was, it was kind of creepy actually as well in the night because although you're, you know, you're as alone as you possibly could be, you don't know what's going on around you. Yeah. Um, you, you very much don't feel alone. Um, but so I kind of switched a pattern where I'd, I'd wake up just before, kind of st- still very early in the morning so while it was still dark so that I could then watch the sunrise as I rode and then oh, wow, that yeah. yeah so good um and those those kind of few hours in the morning they went really quick um and then uh, so I kind of rode for as long as I could until midday um and then I was when it like the sun was at its highest I'd kind of have a bit of a rest because it, it started getting quite steamy um <laughs> And then I'd, I'd row into the night for as, as long as I could. Um, so I'd end up rowing about 16 hours uh, a day. Um, and then I'd have you know, a few small chunks of sleep. Um, but then there, you know, there were a few nights where there was one night I'd rowed for, for 12 hours and I start going, getting pulled in the complete opposite direction of where I was supposed to go. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I'm not rowing. I, unfortunately, I don't have a sail or a motor. So something's, uh, <laughs> something's you know, pulling me the, in the wrong direction. Um, so I, I called the safety officer and was like, help me out. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, and uh, he basically said that you're just stuck in a, a current and um, the currents, they're just like huge circles. They could, well, they could be huge. They could be a few hundred meters. They could be several kilometers. Um, and he was like, the best thing you can do is just keep rowing until until you're not going in the wrong direction anymore. And um, that was, I ended up rowing for 36 hours. Uh, pretty much straight to which was horrible um but yeah then, then it was so as i said it, it was only once i got back onto land that i realized how much i'd kind of changed yeah. um so you know the sleep pattern obviously was <laughs> all over the place um but also kind of mentally 
as weird as it sounds, being alone um, and having <laughs> so much time to just think or not think, just you yeah. know, your brain kind of floats floats around a bit. But also weirdly, not you know, when you're out there, you don't have anything else to do except for wake up, row, and kind of survive. Um, so you're very much in survival mode. You're not really, <laughs> you don't really care about the luxuries and stuff like that. Um, and then coming back to land, I, I was very much, uh, it took some time to ad- adjust back to like the chaos of, <laughs> of day-to-day life. Um, yeah. And surprisingly, it's, it's a very easy life out there in the sense that there's, there's nothing else to do, as I said, except for just stay alive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, easier said than done, but um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, there was there wasn't any oh I've got to got to do this later I'm going to do that you know have the yeah. deadlines and stuff like that um I think simple is probably the best word easy probably doesn't quite describe it very well yeah. uh, but it's it a very simple life out there um and then coming back back to land that's when you kind of realize like oh I was actually in a very different uh mindset to what yeah I was when I started off basically yeah so you so I assume then you just went back to you would go to uni then wouldn't you as soon as you pretty much came back yeah so yeah, I was like much. coming yeah. you know having <laughs> me and all these new people having to socialize and then tackle deadlines after you've just been in the middle of the ocean for like <laughs> so many days it was it was kind of good because I had a, a bit of a wind down after the road and I actually went through quite a bit of a I guess you could call it like a depressive depression phase or something it was it was very much you know the overwhelming kind of coming back to land yeah. Um, but also the physical and mental just fatigue from two months of just non-stop kind of <laughs> non-stop survival mode uh then being in a comfortable bed you're kind of just like you know bloody hell let me just do this for a second yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like for a few months I really struggled actually um to I also didn't have you know from from always having a goal not only so before the road to get to the start line um and then during to to survive and get to the finish line um then not having a goal or any kind of direction was kind of difficult yeah um and it was a bit of a shock to the system but then i kind of you know i had some time to wind down and then coming to uni was it was a really good and, and very welcome release from uh from it all and just messing around and being a normal kid again yeah <laughs> for, for well until yeah just forever <laughs> that's fair enough i bet you've had the best um gap year story compared to everyone else who probably just like went went to australia like oh you went to australia uh, i wrote the Atlantic. Yeah. <laughs> so funnily enough actually so um i was when i was at school uh during my i think it was my gcse year yeah um they had like you know this the job fairs where they have people coming and they like tell you about different jobs and stuff like that yeah. um and there was a lady that worked at the same company as my mum's company um and I kind of asked her so my mum my and my, my dad were both quite against gap years and obviously I love traveling and stuff like that so I thought it'd be quite a cool thing to do yeah um but I asked them like what's what's the company's view on gap years and she kind of told me this story of this girl who worked on death rope um which sounds epic right yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and she basically said as, as long as you do something interesting they, they don't actually mind it um and at the time I was kind of thinking of interesting things to do and I, I again I it kind of just faded into the distance I totally forgot about it um and then well obviously this this road kind of came along and um and then yeah it was only then that I kind of remembered this lady saying like just do something interesting if you take a gap here 
So yeah. hopefully it was a, a worthy excuse for, for any company that <laughs> that employs me in the future. Yeah, I mean, like, world record holder for youngest man to row the Atlantic. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I wouldn't say that's a bad that thing to put on the CV, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> um, so you've had quite a few adventures. I've asked Isaac, I've asked everyone this on the team. Mm, yeah. What? How would you define what an adventure is? Um, that's quite a good question, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, so I'd say getting yourself out of your comfort zone to be honest there's there's no um like it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing um yeah, yeah i think I, yeah it's it's pretty much just anything that gets you out of your comfort zone um preferably something you enjoy doing as well that's <laughs> that's usually quite a, a good start um but yeah i think it's actually really quite a big thing that people miss out on sometimes is getting out of your comfort zone a little bit um, yeah. it's quite easy sometimes to get a bit especially how awesome today's world is you know you can literally you don't even have to go out shopping and you can just get your food delivered to your door I mean that's pretty <laughs> pretty yeah. cool um but it is very easy to then get a bit too comfortable and then when things go sideways at, at least personally I I feel like I have then a background to go so I can kind of be like well you know I've I was able to row across an ocean. Why can't I deal with this little problem here? Yeah. Um, and I think it's quite easy to then get too comfortable. And the second things get a bit difficult at work or at school and or university, or whatever, which unfortunately they always do. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have anything to kind of like to to help you like back yourself almost. Um, it's like that belief in like, oh, well, actually I can, I'll just, you know, you don't have to know the answer to everything, but just trust that you can figure it out. Yeah. Um, and that was, I think, one of the biggest like gifts from the row was like a confidence that it it gave me to be like, okay, I don't know everything, but I trust myself to figure it out, um, yeah. and to be like, okay, let's <laughs> let's take this one step at a time. I was able to to get from A to B across the ocean. Why can't I figure out this, this problem? Um, and that's what I think. That's why I think it's so good to kind of take on challenges again, no matter how big or small. Just something that challenges you a little bit. Um, because you then have you just trust yourself a little bit more um and i think that's a really really awesome tool to have yeah perfect answer i'm pretty sure that's what most of them had answered is yeah uh, taking yourself out of the comfort zone so yeah Sweet. I think we've got our <laughs> definition for adventure <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i like that though just like doing something that takes you out of your comfort zone but once you've done that then you you're a bit more sure of yourself you're like, oh, yeah, if I can do yeah, this, exactly. then, you know, I can do this as well. So, yeah, yeah I like that. Not necessarily That's... like an arrogant, you don't got to be arrogant about it. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, confidence that that is quite important, to be honest, I think. And definitely in quite a, a hostile world, you definitely need it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Talking a bit more about Power Parks then, is there something that you're really dreading with the challenge? Um. Oh, uh, what am I treading? <laughs> Probably the. Uh, I'd say in terms of mileage, I don't. It's like day to day. It's not too bad, but I think day after day will yeah. be quite. Like I think I'll be quite knackered by the last day. <laughs> um, but otherwise, I yeah, it's one of those things you kind of just gotta 
see the good side and everything, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'll ask you that question again once you've done it to see if yeah, you, exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll, have a, yeah. I'll have a good answer for you then. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the flip side, then, what are you looking forward to most of the challenge? Oh, honestly, spending spending time with the team. Um, and you know, we've as I said uh, at the start, we've got like it's an epic uh, like cause and story behind it all. Um, yeah, and to be able to like fight for such a good cause with such an awesome team, not just the cyclists, but also the, the support team as well. Um, I think it's going to be awesome. And I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be like a, a challenging holiday. Yeah, um, it would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, just, just spending time and uh, spending time with the team and, and doing something for such a good cause would be probably the best part. Um, and obviously getting to spend time in the, in the, uh, in the green spaces and outdoors a bit yeah that'd be awesome maybe a bit be a bit too tired when you get to the nice places to really fully take it <laughs> yeah, in to really take him in yeah i'll yeah. have to do a little road trip afterwards and uh and take him in then <laughs> yeah I, i'm gonna be in the car i'll just tell you all about them <laughs> <laughs> yeah lovely and rested <laughs> um if there's one outcome you would like to see from paddle for parks what would it be like as a general impact yeah i think um that's actually uh, yeah quite a good question i think uh i'd say just hopefully we inspire some people to make a, a little change um again doesn't have to be a massive change but just just something um and yeah hopefully you know our, our main aim is to kind of raise awareness for the green spaces um but also uh show kind of how to how we can help regenerate them and how we can prevent it getting worse um and to really get that message across in an enjoyable way yeah um, we don't we don't want like a doom and gloom <laughs> kind yeah. of vibe um yeah you know we're a bunch of like really light-hearted people um and to get that message across in an enjoyable way that actually kind of sticks rather than just like a a day of motivation and then it kind of fades away a bit yeah maybe we can be the next sea spiracy or cow spiracy but yeah yeah more exactly <laughs> watch this space <laughs> Um, talking a bit about uni then, being in uni and especially during a pandemic, has that made you just want to do more adventures? What, what's it, has it changed your mindset in any way, like wanting to do more things? Yeah, I'd say it's actually, yeah, it's been uh, really tricky actually being, <laughs> being locked up pretty much. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it, it has, it's definitely made me want to or crave getting outdoors a little bit more. yeah um but also i think it's definitely made me appreciate the green spaces a lot more um so realizing actually how lucky we are to have something on our doorsteps especially living in swansea we just live right by the beach yeah um but for many people you know every day is kind of <laughs> pretty much a lockdown where you can't um can't get outdoors um or at least outdoors to a nice you know nice field or some like foresty area um so it's definitely it's definitely made me a, appreciate green spaces more um and in terms of adventure i can't wait for my next adventure whatever it may be after have you no not not just yet no <laughs> <laughs> wait for power for parks to be over soon and then <laughs> exactly then I'll, I'll have a little like runner's high and i'll think of something crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, I was going to ask about green spaces, but you pretty much answered it perfectly awesome. in that question. You definitely know what you're saying on this podcast. 
Um, so a quick one before you wrap it up. If you mm. had to choose, what you if you couldn't, would you rather only be able to cycle or only be able to row? What would it be? Oh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll probably say cycling, but only because I don't have a car. So <laughs> I can't, you can't get around. I need my bike to get around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah I'll, I'll stick with cycling no it's awesome i love it interesting i thought you were gonna pick rowing uh yeah i would but <laughs> again don't quite have a car yet so yeah we'll have to stick with that. <laughs> with cycling. there's more to see i guess cycling yeah, i mean no, yeah. Exactly. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you've got have you got any bucket list challenges for the future is there anything that you're thinking about doing Ooh, um there's a few top secret ones uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh hopefully you'll find out more about those if they all uh go well but um there's one one challenge that's been ha haunting me since since i was about 12 years old or something um so there's this there's this like via ferrata so it's kind of like a, a combination of like climbing and hiking um oh. so it's basically like a very steep and crazy terrain but rather than you know having to kick yourself in every every few meters there's like a steel rope that's pinned all the way up the route yeah um, and then you kind of kick yourself in so it's really cool like mix between the two so the best you know best of two worlds um and there's one climb called the Königsjordla uh in Austria and basically yeah. I wanted to do it as a kid um but my dad wouldn't let me do it alone <laughs> and I, I couldn't find anyone who wanted to do it with me um but obviously now that I'm uh, 18 years or well, over 18 years old, uh, I don't have to ask him for his permission anymore. So next time I'm out there, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll be sure to give it a go. But that's something I've, I've wanted to do for ages. And every time I'm in Austria, uh, either the weather hasn't been great or I was too young to, <laughs> yeah. to be rebellious and go against what my dad said. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely something that I'd like to do next time I'm, I'm in Austria with my, with my dad. That's that's very interesting. I didn't expect you to say something like that, but yeah, it's, oh it's, yeah, it's, it's not. Uh, yeah, it's very different to, <laughs> to previous <laughs> challenges. It's it's really cool. It's um, it's like a five hour climb. Five um, hours, my god! Yeah, but it it goes like along the spine of like a of the mountain, pretty much. So you get some awesome, like you know, almost like walking across an, a nice edge kind of thing. Yeah, um, and some really, really, really cool views from up there. So. Hopefully, I'll be able to do that one day. Yeah, but, I understand cool. now why your dad didn't let you do it before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, hopefully, you get to do it soon. You can next go to Austria. We'll have to, yeah, have to keep an eye out on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, talking about Instagram, in closing, where can people find out more about you? Stuff like that. Yeah, so, um, so uh, on Instagram, I'm most active, I'd say. Uh, it's lucas.heitzman. So I'll try to sell that out for you real quick. So it's L-U-K-A-S dot Heitzman, which is H-A-I-T-Z-M-A-N-N for November. Um, otherwise, <laughs> I'm pretty sure okay. everyone would got all that spelling because most people do. But that's probably easiest place to find me. Um, and I'm actually working on a website at the moment, but that's not quite finished yet. So I'll whack that on my Instagram when it's done. Cool. I'll uh, link your Instagram in the description bar below. Awesome. Save <laughs> people having to <laughs> try yeah. and tell it. Please. all right that was awesome um hopefully to hear more about you soon so yeah thank you so much for coming on lucas thank you very much for having me thank you for tuning into our podcast 
To listen to other Pedal for Park podcasts, sponsor us, or find out more, please visit our website, pedalforparks.co.uk. The four is a number four. Make sure you give us a like and a follow of this podcast wherever you've listened to it. It makes a huge difference in getting our message out there. We're also very active on social media channels too. Find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is Pedal4Parks and that is a number four as well in, in the middle there. This is where we post more content like this. So once again, thank you and stay tuned.